Good evening, good evening, good evening. Some vibes going. Man, Drew. What up, baby? What's goody, what's goody? Hey, nothing, man. Just here. Here, man. Vibing. You know, just here, man. You know, I, I, I love the I, I love the um the question that you have put up on Facebook. So I'm I'm eager to hear, you know, everybody's perspective and everybody's take on on on, on a lot. It's the take, Coach Foster. What did it do, baby? I'm trying to keep up with you. Man, listen. I'm just trying to keep up with the youth them and give back, give back these good old gems that we got. I hear that, I hear that. A lot of Salem State in here, I see. I know, I know, I know. You guys took took over this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you guys really took over this one. But uh let's just, you know, just I'm gonna just jump right into it. For those of you guys who don't know, I am Coach Foster, the host of Get Buckets Podcast. You are now tuned in live. We on live on Facebook. Uh, I got two very, very well-known brothers I known. I done played basketball with and I grew up with one of them. Another Rosendale kid, native on the uh, on the podcast with me. I got Coach Drew. I got Mr. Jeremy Tate. How you guys doing, fellas? How y'all doing? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. Yeah, round of applause. Uh, let's go, Drew. You to talk. You're the first one on my on my little square. So let's give people a little introduction about what you do, where you're from, and a little background about you. Um, so Andrew Angus. Um, people call me Drew. Uh, there's a lot that I could say about myself, but um, most importantly, I'm from Dorchester. I represent Dorchester to the heart, uh, but I, I represent Boston. Um, as a whole, um, I'm one eighth of a Crew Love member. Um, I also run a, a soccer program called Football Touches. Um, I work for the city of Boston, um, you know, and just trying to, to to give back to my community the best way possible. And I'm in a Salem State and Charlestown alumni, you know. You had to throw the Charlestown in there, huh? You know, I had to throw the, I got to respect the school, man. And anybody who went to Lewinberg Middle School, man, I'll put that out there too, man. You know. Shout out to Lewinberg. Shout out to the Lewinberg. You're up next, uh, Mr. Tate. Go ahead. All right. Um, uh, Coach Foster, I know you're high tower, but uh, <laughs> I appreciate you. Uh, just Jeremy Tate, um, born in D- Dorchester, Roxbury. I didn't live there a third of my life, but I claim Rosendale because I've been there for more than 20 years. So I'm, I'm, I'm a Rosendale kid. I'm a Rosendale kid. Uh, grew up there outside of uh, all up and down Rosendale. Um, Fallon Field is my home court. Archdale um, is where we play BNBL. Um, city kid. Went to play Juco ball. Went to Salem State. Uh, currently, I work um, – I work for Crunch Fitness now, so I'm a general manager over there. So not too far from the gym, gym life again. Uh, Salem State uh, alum. I actually ran around with that uh, that amazing soccer star. Could have been a basketball <laughs> star, but we'll talk about that at another time too. <laughs> but, um, 
served as an RA up there, you know, I was heavily involved in campus, you know, outside of basketball. Um, joined my fraternity, Omega Sapphire Fraternity Incorporated, been in there since 2008. Um, and ultimately, just like um, Brother Angus here, just trying to just trying to positively influence the youth. That's whatever way I can. So I'm 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 super interested just to get the perspective, to be honest with you. And aren't you like a, a youth pastor as well? Oh yeah. Um so yeah, so, uh, <laughs> you can't yeah, forget that. Uh, you can't forget that right there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I serve as an associate minister, former youth pastor at Morningstar Baptist Church. So I've worked with kids from as young as four all the way up to our teenagers and even young adults. So I've been in that position for about five years. So. Amen to that. Amen, yeah. amen. Definitely. All right, so the question that I posed on Facebook was basically, why don't more athletes stay in school? Like, stay when they leave in high school, why don't they stay, like, at a local college? And why don't coaches recruit some local kids? You know, and they got a lot of feedback. So it just made me randomly be like, yo, let me just whip this up together because this has, we have to talk about this. Like this has to be talked about, and I definitely appreciate you guys for being able to jump on at the last, like the last minute. Because I text both of you guys this morning, like, "Yo, let's do this tonight." Yeah, so I truly, truly appreciate you guys for for uh, for hopping on and holding it down. But uh, let's—I I don't know where we want to start with this question. Do you want to start with the coaches, or do you want to start with the athletes? Like, um, honestly, I—I—I I, I, I really. Um, as it's a pushback on players, I, I really want to dive into the, the coaching aspect of it because okay, I have responded and said it's the networking. I don't yeah. think the, the, some of our coaches within BPS don't have the networking. And what I mean by networking, I'm not talking about like I, I know a few people, you know, and, and I can you know, I can put in a word. Nah, you know, a few people, you put in a real solid word that mm -hmm. these can, you know, potentially go to school. I think the the, the problem is um, once these kids get to senior year, right, it's bigger than senior year. It's, it got to start from ninth grade. What's the plan? Exactly. Starting to have their plan once they get in senior year and it's, it's unfair. You know what I'm saying? So it's like from freshman year, if these kids don't got a plan, then you're scrambling senior year trying to get them somewhere, you know? So realistically, I mean, it, it deep, me, me and Jeremy, we played D3, you know what I'm saying? So there ain't, ain't nothing wrong with D3, but um, I think that the city has now moved to a, hey, these kids are good, but Hey, Bunker Hill and Roxbury Community College is free, so we're going to send them over there. And that's what I mean by networking. It's like all of us done graduated somewhere. I, If you call me, I definitely, or you call Jeremy, I definitely got to connect to Salem to, to get some kids in the school. You know what I'm saying? It's using our network to get kids where they need to be and not settling for the RCC and things of that nature. Um, that's where, that's that's my view of of that question, you know what I'm saying? Um, now you got, you definitely got some truth there. Cause I do see kids like they get on a freshman team and the JV team and they're just out there just doing stuff. I'm just like, all right, so, but what are we doing after this? Like I'm a JV coach. So my job, I feel like my job is to get you ready for varsity. If you're going to take it to that next level. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm getting you ready for varsity. The varsity, all as well as getting you ready to start looking at different schools and stuff like that. Now, at the next level, you you should be getting ready to be like, all right, this is my time to shine. What schools should I be looking at? What interest, like what system can I play in and such and such and, such and things of that nature? Right. That that's how I feel. Like it's it's like a it's like a two headed sword at the same time. Like the athletes mm-hmm. gotta also realize like I'm not going to no Duke, I'm not going to no Kentucky, I'm not going to no school like that. You know what I mean? Let me just find where I need to go and not look for a big name. I might yeah. be wrong on that, but that's that's I feel like that's a, a thing too. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, this uh welcome Coach Mitch Hurt. He done, he's joined us as well. What's up, Mitch? What's your uh going on? What's your uh intake on, on this uh on, on this question that I proposed? So um like the big time big time schools are not recruiting kids from the city. Um based on academics alone. Um if you if you're trying to go to a big time can you hear me? Yeah, you can hear me, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, if you're trying to go to a big time school right now, it's it's all about the prep school route, right? Um, like if you're trying to go to a BC, like BC is like the Ivy League of the ACC, right? So mm-hmm. academically, a lot of the guys that you know are good enough to go to BC uh, are not good enough academically to get in. Um, so I know you know a lot of people look down on Northeastern. They don't want to go to Northeastern. Like I'm talking about these big time D1 guys that are coming at mass. No people don't want to go to Northeastern. Northeastern recruits out of out of state, which would make perfect sense, you know, because they get a lot of out of state kids. Um, I think a lot of uh, a lot of it also is religious. If you have a couple of coaches on your staff that are from the city, that that could come into these gyms. And, and, and talk to these kids and get them to get them to come on campus. It makes sense, you know. But like, you know, we're not we're not having a, a, a bridge to cross. You know what I'm saying? As far as as far as the schools, the schools are in now. I, I feel I, I hear you, Mitch. Um, what up, brother? Um, in my my personal opinion, and this is this is just for, I, I, and I don't want to just say basketball because I, I think it's going way around. But we've seen some good basketball programs, right? That 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 yeah, have been really. successful. That have been successful on the state level and has been successful in kids' grades up to par. So I feel like as part of because uh, I, I was a coach at Carmen Academy for nine years, and part of what I did there. Um, was from ninth grade, you got to choose five schools and, 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 and realistically choose five schools that, Hey, you got three schools in state two that you, if you, if you decide you want to apply to Duke, I can't tell you not to apply to Duke. Hey, that's just, that's just keeping it funky, but you're not, if they want to go the route of playing ball for Duke, yeah. Reality is going to set in for them sometimes or whatever, but I'm not going to say that you can't get an education from Duke, and that's where I draw the level of like, you know, these kids need need coaches to be like, yo, I'm on your behind every second, every every step of the way. If you got a, if you got bad grades, how how you even playing high school basketball? You know, what I'm saying? I, I I also said at one point I I put on my Facebook at one point I'm like, why why don't we raise the standard of the GPA? 
You know what I'm saying? Because that you got to go seek help. When you're in college, you got to go seek help anyway. If you're struggling in a class, you got to learn how to seek help. The, our kids don't know how to seek help. We feel like, yo, we can do this ourselves. You know what I'm saying? And the programs that I've seen in the past that have, su have success in getting kids into college, yo, you had a mandatory study hall. You got to be, you got to be at school at 730. Ain't no, ain't no ifs, buts about it. You know what I'm saying? A coach will walk into your class. If you ain't seeing it, you got 13 suicides you got to do. You know what I'm saying? It's that, it, it got to go to that. And I, I heard hear the notion sometimes that these kids are soft and things of that nature. But I think in the essence now that for me, for BPS, right, we got so we have such good alumni that we don't even tap into. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's what that's what gets me. It's almost like you you got Hugh at Charlestown. He got like 30 guys that he can go to and be like, yo, boom. Same thing. at Same thing. over um, in New Mission. You know what I'm saying? 30 guys. You can get 30 guys to go talk to these new players and be like, yo. I've been to school. I graduated. You know what I'm saying? So we, I think what the, the, the system of BPS and, and I always say when, when you hire people, you got to hire people that was in your system or mm -hmm. successful people that are from the system so that they say, you know, branch people out, you know? Um, but I, I, I understand it. And, and, and sometimes it's a, it's kind of a gateway to be like, you know what? They didn't do what they needed to do in the classroom, but who's pushing them? You know, we got to push them. You know, my kids fear, my kids fear me, man. I, I, I walk into that school. It's like scattered roaches, you know what I'm saying? But they know the level that I, I want from them is higher than anything else. So, Hey, instead of the traditional, Practices at three o'clock. I got practice at six thirty in the morning. I want to know who's really gonna show up. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and if a kid's having trouble, I want you to know I'm really there. So I'm gonna pick you up. Yo, we gonna get to practice. We gonna do what we need to do, and I'm gonna walk you to school. You know? And these are things that we don't get paid for. But it's like if we really want our players to be developed in a way to be successful in college, hey, that they gotta know that we're gonna help them. And they got to know, like, yo, we're going to seek help. You know what I'm saying? That's just me, though. I think, Drew, you brought up a good point. I think that the fact that you spent nine years at Codman Academy and even Coach Mitch, who's who's now, you know, at New Mission and, and many other places, you have to have longstanding people who are willing to make the commitment and actually the sacrifice, because I think that's the un, that's the forgotten part is that for the fact that you're not paid a full amount, you know, you're not paid a full contract, you know, you're not making forty, fifty thousand dollars doing that. You might only make anywhere between five and nine thousand dollars. You have to see something that's bigger than you. You have to say, you know what, I'm going to be, as Coach Mitch said, to be that that bridge that bridges the chasm. You know, and for somebody in representation matters. You know what I mean? When you have somebody that looks like you, that's committed to you, there I think there is a higher probability that at least there will be some greater buy-in. And I think to your point, uh, Drew, is that it starts early. It starts in seventh grade. It starts in eighth grade, you know, where a lot of these other places like the New Yorks, the New Jersey, the the North Carolinas, the Texas, where these guys are looking at these guys in sixth and seventh and eighth grade, and they're putting them on plans to get there. You know what I mean? So I think there is a level of accountability. And I think kids, 
as much as you think we think that they shun order and structure, they actually look forward to it. So I think that's something for us to consider, you know, as we're bringing up the, this new group of, of young people, men and, I mean, young boys and young girls as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's crazy because, like, I went to BPS, so I went through the BPS system, so, like, I understand that. But, like, now I work in Newton, and that system is, like, totally different so just like even if they don't make it like in the sports they always got their education to fall back on like they always in school they're always in school i don't gotta worry about no kids like fl- flunking off like this is like this is totally different and it's still kind of new to me like the first year i got there i was handing out progress reports kids was looking at me like the hell like the hell you giving me a progress to pull for. And then I, like, I started learning. I'm just like, oh, dang, all, all my kids are in AP this, ACP this. I'm like, why, why am I even sending progress? So, so that was, like, out the window. So now I can, like, focus on other things, like, actually development of the game. And that's the big difference between, like, suburban and, like, the inner city. The education, the, the, where they hold education is, like, totally different. Mm-hmm. Like, their standards of education is, like, night and day. Even yeah. like we do a a a, a school swap, so we bring some kids to New Mission and some the New Mission kids come to uh Newton South, and the kids at South were just like, damn, this is crazy. But when the New Mission kids came to our school, they was just like, and you guys got it made. Like all y'all kids got laptops. Like we don't even get laptops. We don't even get a real choice in lunch. They went in there like we had we got salad bar. Sandwich bar, pizza bar, grill, and the mission is like, damn, like we gotta like try to skip school, like leave school, come back, try to go to Pizza Hut to do all that. Like some of these kids don't even know how good they got it until like it's, it's gone. And that's the sad part too. I think we don't. The city is so far behind on on best practices. We try to do it our own way. When there's 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 systems that are that are grandfathered in. Mm-hmm. And, and and their systems is working. You know what I'm saying? And it's it, it's not a sports thing. It's an educational thing. You know what I'm saying? You got you got you you say you work in Newton. Yep. Their youth development start from five. You see fields and basketball courts that are packed. You know what I'm saying? Right now, if you go to the court right now, you ain't gonna see you ain't you ain't you ain't seeing our youngsters out there, or you're not seeing our youngsters out there with anybody that's like giving them the real goal, like, yo, man, like, I'm going to give you real game. Stay stay on your schoolwork. You know what I'm saying? It's like little homie, big homie. You know, we had that back in the day, and I feel like that's what's missing. That generational gap right there is gone. You know what I'm saying? Nobody, nobody, there's some people that are stepping into that gap and trying to fill that role, but it's a, it's way, it's too many kids. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, I feel like that, 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 that person you talk about is like us. It's like me, you, yeah. Jeremy. Like we're that we're, we're that bridge, and we just keep trying to like bridge. But there's like it's like these kids just coming out everywhere. It's like like you said, there's too many kids and not enough mentors. Yeah, but yeah. I think we're also under. We got to think of the other factors that that create the spaces that we're in. Like Boston Public Schools are underfunded for for a reason. You know, it's it's systemic. You know what I mean? I think when you go to places like Newton, where there's great buy-in from the city in terms of what they get in terms of taxes in order to fix their roads and things like that. The the money that goes to their schools to get their books and stuff like that. The after-school programs that they allow, 
the minimal amount of violence that happens in those areas. Like, I think a lot of kids would like to be outside, but let's be honest, there are certain areas, and I mean, Kata, we, I mean, Coach Foster, we could talk about this. There were times like, if you weren't from an area or you weren't going to play ball in that area, you couldn't just readily hang out in those areas. You know what I mean? I mean, there was, there was two sides, at least in Rosendale, you know, like there was Fallon Field for us where pretty much anybody could go. But if I didn't know somebody like Hightower or Willie Jones or something like that, I couldn't go play ball in Archdale like that. I couldn't, you know, those things come about. But I think to your point, I do think we have to take more, I personally have to take more responsibility in terms of being a person who bridges the gap. You know what I mean? I, I think I'm seeing a lot of younger people, um, a young guy, we got Josh Bonney, who um, went to match, I believe it is, who's been starting like these kind of small runs to get some younger guys together. You know, I think that kind of grassroots stuff is great. Um, but I, I think we, we all, as as men who have gone through this and women who have gone through this, have to be the ones that bridge it. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Mitch. Uh, I mean, the resources. The, uh, the availability, um, you know, it's never going to be like um, Boston is just split up into too many schools. I mean, if there was one school for Boston kids, you would be able to pull all those resources into those in, into that school. Doing that, what, two or three main schools, right? You got two high schools. That's good. Right, right. Brock and Hall, Randolph has a main school. Joe has a main school. So in Boston, so spread out, there's no way academically it can work. I mean, um, academically it can't work, financially it can't work. There's too many kids, not enough mentors. So it, it's like we're behind the eight ball, but we, we're still putting up a fight. We're still putting up a fight. You know, a lot of people that's out there doing stuff for the community, you know, their communities. There's a lot of people that's out here that we don't know know about, you know, because they don't really tell about their business, but like, we just need to pull, you know, young black men together and try to figure it out, you know, because if we're not going to get the funding from the schools, then we got to come out of pocket. I mean, I've been coming out of pocket since 2007, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, you know, there's a lot of us that be out there, you know, grinding and fighting and fighting for these kids, you know, uh, we just need to get grab somebody else. Grab somebody else, and we got to do it. We got to be the ones that build that team, you know, because nobody's just going to drop a bunch of money on us and say, "Hey, go get those kids." You know, we need we need as many mentors that's out there this as possible because there's so many courts that nobody's on, so many fields nobody's at. But if one or two people were like, "Yo, come and get lessons here," you'll get thirty kids. Somebody's like, go come and do this here, you'll get 25 kids. But, like, there's not enough people for these young kids to be around. Mm -hmm. And they're just learning from themselves. But, Mitch, that's why, that's why I was posing that if you got each, if you got each high school right now, right? Yep. Let's say, let's, let's take a look at Dorchester High, for example. Okay. Dorchester High, regardless of what anybody says in the past about, you know, how bad of a school it was, they still got a, 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 an alumni that 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 is unique. Now, if you if you if you draw that alumni in and have them be a part of the school, because, hey, the school is not saying they're not sending out letters to alumni like, yo, we want y'all to be a part of X, Y and Z. And that's the disconnect. 
because if the alumni was a part of of the organ the whole organization right now it's almost like i i got no choice but to give back now you know what i'm saying if charlestown hits me up right now i'm going you know what i'm saying and i know 30 other dudes that are gonna go too because they know hey that's just that's that's how they, they're welcoming us back into the realm to help these kids now we don't get no we don't get no email we don't know what's going on hey we don't even know if graduate when graduation is so we can right. go to a young person and be like you know what so, hey continue continue what you're doing you know what i'm saying hey if you need anything just call here's my number call me man i'm 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 drew i'm your mentor and or just just that overall you know disparity yeah, that that connection yeah, man. And, and that's what's missing. If that happens with every school, then I feel like communities will start changing because now you see that beef, that underlying beef that everybody's jumping into the gangs and stuff like that. Now you got a big homie that's that knows about it. And it's like, ah, don't don't go down that route. You know what I'm saying? Like You got you got um Will, Will Blaylock and, and T. Lee in mission. You mean to tell me? They can't tell somebody in mission to calm down. Yeah, they can. You know what I'm saying? Because because they're ball players. One, they made it to a certain level. Two, now if if Will went to if Will went to Eastie and went back to speak to the kids in Eastie, they'll grasp it because hey, you can't say he didn't make it to the NBA. If that's what you aspire right. to, hey, that's an alumni. That's a connection. It's a, um. I'll give a perfect example. Michael Carter Williams was right there with us at Charlestown, right there, right? He saw he saw the whole nine yards. Look where he's at now. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that he's not even, he's not a city kid, but I'm saying if 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 we got that alumni solid, then you good. Then you can you you'll be able to speak to kids in a different form. You know what I'm saying? I've seen teachers don't even, I've seen teachers don't even know how to handle these kids in classrooms. They'll run and go get you or call you or email you to go handle a kid in the classroom. That means you, first of all, you're not hiring the right people for the, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because if I graduate from Charlestown and I can, and I can get hired at Charlestown, that means I know the process in Charlestown. You know what I'm saying? I'm not just going to let y'all, let y'all just run wild. And, um, here's another thing. Somebody has said something to me that was crazy. They, they all, they said, they um black kids mostly run from hbcus why because at the end of the day they know they're gonna see somebody in front of them that cares you going you might go to a state school and write a, a a bull crap paper but if you go to an hbcu and you hand in some joint that teacher gonna tell you hey hey hey, hey come in hey I, you gotta I you gotta do better, better than, than that yeah man yeah you know so um and one and and we're only talking about a coach's dynamic right now. Yeah. Not, not let alone the athlete. The athlete, you know, we'll get to that question. But the athlete, they they got to pull their weight too. You know, they got to pull their weight too. But I got a question, Drew. Let me ask you this. And I mean, I guess I pose it to everybody. I think the difficult part is that the guys that make it, quote unquote, mm -hmm. there's a there's a pedestal they put them on, right? Like. Will Blaylock making it to the NBA is the highest heights. Mm -hmm. What about a guy like myself, who and I'm not downplaying myself or even you, Drew, in that in that regard. 
we played at Salem State, local D3, had good, great careers. You know, you're going to be in the Hall of Fame, ain't no question about that. If not already, you know what I mean? It's because I, I think we I think a lot of kids romanticize the highest point and it makes it it almost puts in like a filter at times in terms of what they hear. Do you get mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like if you don't make it to the NBA, I can't hear what you have to say. You know what I mean? And I think that's what I'm saying. We have to demystify. You know what I mean? We have to break down that understanding. And I think um, you know, on your on your post, um, Coach Foster, everyone's talking about like it's still college ball, like three, two, or one. Yeah. The grind is still the same. And I make the argument, and I'm standing up for D3 athletes. It's actually the true love of the game for you to play at D3 because a lot of us were still working, still going to class. Like, I remember senior year, I was an RA. I had an internship that I was getting paid for, and I was playing on the basketball team. You know what I mean? So I think it's – it's, and I would argue that that amount of time, let's say the 40 hours that it takes to play the sport, is the same 40 hours that it takes for a Division One athlete to make the same commitment. You know what I mean? So I think we got to start kind of breaking down that and actually talking about what the the beauty of college and not just this school. Because I knew some guys, because I played Juco ball too, I knew some guys that went D1 and D2 who never took off their warm-ups, right? Yep. And the only thing that they had to show for it were those warm-ups or, or those t-shirts never got in the game never played but if that's the biggest thing like did you really experience all that you could whereas you could have stayed at a local school and actually played three or four years and had a story to tell you know what i mean mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that that's something i want to touch on I tried to experience that D1 thing, and it it didn't work out so well. And I ended up at Bunker Hill, where I had a I had a really good career, and I had a really good coaching staff with Coach Megan McCray, who went to UTEP. Uh, who else is over there? Coach uh, Coach Millie, Howard Miller, who was the head coach over there, who played at Coach Yeah, I want to say Coach Porter also played at uh, a little bit over at Northeastern too. So they they also taught us the grit, the grind, and also taught and you know they gave us the history, like the business side. So after you leave here, man, you just gotta remember this, this, that, and the third. And they told us stories, and I always remembered like some of the things that they taught us. Is just like. And I could be doing the same thing I was doing deep at, at, at that school. I could be doing here, you know what I mean. But I just, just it was just too fast paced for me. So me going to a JUCO, smaller classes, you know what I mean. It was at home. I got to see my mom. Like my mom was even able to come to games and stuff like that. So it felt more at home, you know what mm -hmm. I mean. And that, that was such a good feeling to even let my mom even was able to let me see me play a couple college games the ones that she did come to. <laughs> but that was also a blessing too. But why why don't you why do you think kids would rather go sit on a bench at like a division two rather than going to like a D three and actually getting some PT? Why why is that? Is it because they want the name the school? Huh? I mean if you want to go to a D two and get a scholarship Rather than hand, I know that. You know what I'm saying? To a certain extent. If you go out there for your education, you're getting a free education. 
you know, like that experience, you know, like playing or not playing. If we're talking about, if we're talking about moving forward and working in the workforce, you know, like getting a free education and not having to pay Sally May. It's something else, but, you know. Maybe yeah. you know, go on court and do your thing playing basketball. But like, if we're talking about the academic piece of it, you're going to school for free. You got to go to school. Some can't afford this. Mm. You got fifty thousand dollars of debt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I got a good job. You know, so like, you know, getting kids and getting them in the debt to play ball kind of tough to You know, so that's why a lot of people I think look for that D two or that D one opportunity where they feel like if they grind it out, they'll eventually be able to play. Now, if you get taken care of yourself, or you go to, or you go get a situation where you get a three six at your JUCO, and now you can go to a state school for free, then you take that all day. But like a lot of people don't know. That. So this is, uh, and I wanted so, to just touch base on on, on, on Drew real quick. Hold on, hold on. Um, about the alumni situation, like who's gonna be the who's gonna be the gap? Who's gonna be the gap between the alumni and the um and the administration to get the alumni into the building? Gotta be on the program. That's what I know. It gotta be on the ads. You know, and I'm I'm only talking about sports. I mean, I mean, I mean. We 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 graduate at least five kids every season. You know what I'm saying? They turn into alumni every season. So every season, those five kids can come back and talk to another five kids. I mean, it, the process shouldn't be that hard. You know, it 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 should be relatively easy. But once again, there has to be a mid, a middle person. And I feel like because the AD and the coaches are right there. You know what I'm saying? I feel like they have that connection to bridge that gap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like Hugh, Hugh will bridge the gap for us because, hey, we know Hugh. You know what I'm saying? When when it wasn't Hugh, there was nobody to really bridge that gap. So nobody was showing up to Charlestown games back then. You know what I'm saying? When it wasn't Jack, hey, nobody was really showing up to Charlestown games like that because, hey, we done heard some stuff. We done seen things move in the gym. You know what I'm saying? So we felt disrespected. But soon as soon as Hugh came, it's like, yo, it's an open door policy. You can talk to my you can talk to the kids, give them good information, be around them. He's not he's not closing the door on us and saying, like, no, nah, I don't want you to talk to my kids. No, I, I, I don't I don't I don't want you to tell them the wrong thing. He knows that we're going to we're going to tell them the right thing because, hey, we won a couple of championships. And at the end of the day, we, we have been successful beyond high school you know what i'm saying and i think we do have a lot of successful people even if they didn't make it to the nba or or or, or such we got a lot of successful people man jeremy successful you know what i'm saying coach hightower successful mitch you're successful you know what i'm saying we successful brother there's a ton of us there's a lot of us out here you know what i'm saying so to but, just that point i feel like ad's they can bridge that gap they just got to do the work you know what i'm saying I I, I, I get that part, but like, how are we gonna bridge some of these gaps when some of these schools is closing? I can't go back to High Park and go to basketball practice and pull up. I can't pop up at no High Park 2021 graduation. Where where I'm gonna go? Who I'm gonna but give my knowledge to? I'm gonna just give it back some, to the kids on the street. There's, there's somebody. There's somebody. There's somebody. High Tower. You know Mitch. You can go to Mitch's program and, and holler at a few girls. You get what I'm saying? Like it's not. 
I don't want to make it just a school thing. Like you got no, 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 no. I get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But at the same time, schools are getting shut down left and right. There's all these budget cuts in the city. I, I, I'm hearing now they're about to turn Charlestown seven through twelve now. That's what I'm hearing. Hey, they got. Hey, they got to do what they got to do. Yeah, and we, ain't, you know, once again, we we ain't here for we ain't in the the realms to understand the change. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um. I work at a community center, so I see a lot of these kids and they all come from different schools. So I'm in a different position than a lot of people because I could be working with a kid down in Westy and then working with a kid down in, it just, you know, yeah. I'm going to give them the same love and the same energy, you know? Um, so I think, um, back to uh, Jeremy, hold on. Uh, you had said something, but I want I want to tackle that a little bit something that you said um so when it comes to being that that student athlete right mm-hmm. there there are many components to it right and we've been there because you went to you went to bunker right and there's no shame in bunker i went to bunker too Bunk, i'm D- a bunker hill alum aka and i do got the assist record i just want to throw that out there <laughs> i got the assist record still i'm still holding it down since 2005 all right everybody out there assist guy but go ahead so i think so 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 we all have these these aspirations to be the best and d1 has always said that's where the best are going to be and jeremy we can attest we can attest that d3 some of the some of the best we've seen some best players that should have been D one in the be, in in, in D three. You know what I'm saying? Um, at the Eric end, Downey is the, was the best. I believe Eric Downey was the best player on this side of the Mississippi between 2005 and 2007. And I can, he, I, can I can attest to that. And and, I, and to your point, I think I mean even him playing at Salem State. You know what I mean? played very well in the Hall of Fame, has done well for himself and moved on. And I think we do have to redefine what success is. You know what I mean? I think success is coming back and running a community center and continuing that cycle. Because yeah. I think those those people, we always neglect. We, we hear about the, the Kevin Durant, but we remember that Kevin Durant was 35 because of his coach that worked at a community center. You know what I mean? Like, that's still successful, you know? Mitch is going to be that person that somebody says – you know what? I was successful because of this person. I can think about the most successful person that I know, Gene Austin, was my childhood coach. And I, I hold him in high regard because without him working at a community center, you know what I mean, as, as the director of that community center, I wouldn't even be half the player that I, that I was in high school or college or beyond that. So I think we do have to have people who have the mindset that you had, Drew, in terms of saying, you know what? I'm going to give at least three to five years, even if you can't say that I'm going to give that time. But like, there's a reason why, and I watched the program, Drew, why kids were leaving and being successful and not even just on the court, but off the court. And I think we're, we're in such a good place in Massachusetts where no matter what exit you get off of, there's a college. There's not, there's not a college on an exit that you can't get off of. If you go up and down 95, up and down 93, there's a college somewhere off of each one of those exits. And I think that we have to bridge the gap between those state coaches, even if we start doing the jamborees again, and we like, look, here's the state school. Let's get let's get all these state schools together, and we start to throw those jamborees, not just for sports in general, but to also provide these kids another opportunity to see that there's nothing wrong with playing locally. 
You know what I mean? That these opportunities are there for you. You know what I mean? So I, I'm thinking of reimagining that kind of stuff is really where I am. And I think personally, um, to get off my soapbox, um, I think personally, I thought that D1 was the highest thing or, or D2 somewhere else was the highest thing. And I think a lot of our young people too, are also trying to get out the communities that they're in. Cause sometimes being that close, that's sometimes that's too much accessibility. So I'm just throwing that in there for us to think about. You know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes that's, it's best for a kid to get out. You know what I mean? Like even me going to a JUCO, it was better for me to go to Mass Bay than it was RCC. And though I, I never got into anything as a kid, I remember kids who were like, it's better for you to go to the farthest JUCO, Quinsigamon, or someplace super far to get you out of the city as well. No, no, that that with all the gang violence that's going on in the city, that I think that's probably the one of the number one reasons why a lot of our youth want to get out, and they also want to change the city, the scenery. Like, I mean, ain't nobody always want to come home after a game right back to the project. That's, that's you know what I mean. Like after a game, you just want to relax, stay in your dorm, get your feet up. You know what I mean? You ain't gotta worry about ducking gunshots or people knocking on your door telling you to come outside and roll up and all this extra stuff so i i definitely understand where these young kids are coming from when they express when they want to go i i feel i don't want to i don't even want to be around that i don't even want my kids to be around that but i mean you get the opportunity to go to like a northeastern or a bc let's 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 play at home baby we home it's, it's crazy hightower you would be surprised at when you go down route um one a down to Salem, you'll be surprised that it seems like a whole different, it, it's a whole different campus out there. You don't really want to go home because it's almost like, yo, I'm, I'm dang, this is a nice campus. I don't want to go home. You know what I'm saying? I spent many nights like Friday, like everybody's like, no, I'm going home. Nah, I'm staying right here, man. This is where, it's, this is where I need to be. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I feel like those small places like Fitchburg State, Framingham, that gives a different outlook on just, you know, even even MCLA. I had to travel a good three hours to go to a game one day, and I was like, damn, this is out in the mountains. Who really want to go here? But one of the kids was like, nah, man, it's dope out here, man. I didn't have to, I don't gotta, I don't gotta go back to the hood. It's quiet. I get to be with my friends. So, and that's a that's the D3 aspect, you know. Um, it's crazy because as a soccer player, um, I had the privilege of playing with one of the best Maple teams like AAU for soccer, right? Okay. Um, and I was highly recruited. And being highly recruited, I remember I had a SAT, I had a SAT test, mm -hmm. and I had a state game, a state finals game, same day. And I'm sitting there like, man, I ain't taking this damn test seriously. Boom. Let it go, right? And when all the high, high recruited college, you know, the Pac-10 is where you wanted to be as a soccer player. So okay. I'm, I'm highly recruited in the Pac-10. So now I'm going on my, my, my recruits. I'm feeling like big dog. You know what I'm saying? Next thing you know, we ain't know nothing about no damn clearinghouse. You know what I'm saying? We don't know. We, my parents are not educated about about certain schools and things of that nature. When my mom was like, you sure you want to go all the way out to Oregon or UCLA to go play some soccer? Yeah, ma, I want to get away from home. Hey, it doesn't happen. What happens? I didn't know nothing about prep school. My mom was like, you know, you got to sign up for Bunker Hill. You can't play college. You can't play no college sports until we figure this out. 
I, I was at Bunker Hill for two years. I, I played with Jeremy. Yo, Jeremy, th they had to call me and be like, yo, you sure you don't want to play basketball? I end up playing for a season. I failed off, learned a valuable lesson. I went to I went to work, you know what I'm saying, thinking, you know, it's easier for a soccer player than a basketball player to make it to the MLS, for me at least. So I, I don't really need college. Next thing you know, I get uh I get a call. Yo, I'm downstairs at your job. Salem State coach. Man, sign this right here, man. I got you. Hey, a whole year, a whole year goes around. I the only coach that looks for me, and this is loyalty. The only coach that looked for me after all the D1s had 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 smoke cleared and things of that nature. I'm like, four years, it's time to go to school. You know what I'm saying? But the most important thing that I, I've taken from that experience was I needed my degree. I didn't care about nothing else, you know? So at the time, when I was at Charlestown, I was caring about D1. I was caring about going pro. And, you know, to Mitch's point, a free college. You know what I'm saying? I was caring about those things. Now it's like I cared about the degree. You know what I'm saying? And, and there was no real difference. I still got the same experience, you know? And, and that's, you know, that's just that, you know? So, I mean... I feel like our kids need those experiences too. Um, yeah. And once again, I feel like we 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 can we can bridge the gap to to get them those experience if they want to. They got to meet us in the middle as well. That's true. They they want everything just like straight like handed to them. Like here, here yep. you go, and just go. Like now, nah, you got to work. You got to put a little bit of work into. Like you definitely got to put some work in. Like everything ain't going to be a handout. And I think to your point, and and Drew, you I know, like a lot of kids I remember don't waking know. up. Go ahead, Mitch. Go ahead, Coach. Coach, you go ahead. Go ahead, Mitch. Uh, I feel like a lot of kids just don't know. They don't get it. They, you know, they watch a lot of TV. They hang around with their friends, but like they don't, they don't know what a D three practice looks like. They don't know like you just walk on there and just and just make the team, like seventy five to eighty percent of the kids that are playing in the city right now. Won't make a D three team, let alone play. I don't know because they've never seen it. They've never been around it. So like them going out, like it's good that you bring in kids to games, you know, because like you bring it to a game and they really get to see the size, the speed, the physicality of the game, and and they and they see what they're playing against in the city. They're like, wow, dude, these guys are home in here. Like, I'm thinking about going D1. I don't even know if I'm, I'll be able to play out here right now. You know, it's an eye-opener for a lot of these kids, but these kids are getting there because a lot of people are not bringing them to the game. Like, some of the coaches will come to recruit the kids, but, like, being out there and being on that campus and seeing those guys and seeing what they go there and knowing that they got to go to work, Knowing that they gotta get up early and do their schoolwork, know, knowing that they gotta pay for school, like it's a it's a it's a grind. D three man, and like everybody has to pay for that. Yeah. But the thing is, is like these kids are not respecting D three athletes. They're not they're not respecting D three athletes because they think they're better than. And you bring a D three athlete to a high school practice right now, and there's no there's nobody on in there that can stop them. That's a fact. I agree. I think I agree. that I agree with that strongly. Yeah, that um that experience. I mean, even going JUCO, I think a lot of kids don't even understand the grind of JUCO. You know what I mean? 
Like, I think they only see but so many. And I think, you know, I, I got the opportunity to play at Mass Bay for a year. Um, and our team was, it was a lot of stuff going on there. So I ended up going to CCRI. And when I went to CCRI and we played a Division One and a Division Two national schedule, I'm looking at guys from like Miami-Dade and Broward County. And I'm talking about phenomenal athletes, six foot six, six foot eight, guys jumping out the gym, Cuyahoga, you know, Erie, you know, all these different places. I'm like, oh, this is the real deal. And even, and, and, and Andrew, you can attest to this, my first visit to Salem State, and I had a great JUCO career, you know, I mean, I'm grateful for that. I went to Salem State, and the first guy I saw when I walked into the gym was Brandon McCombs. And, Drew, you know this guy, Brandon McCombs, if you want to talk about physicality, I saw this guy get on the bench as a warm-up set and bench 225. And this is Division Three, And this is when Eric Downey was there. And I'm like, if this is what we're talking about, then I have to – I really have to step it up. And I felt like I was in pretty good shape and all of that until I seen, okay, I got a 6'6", three-man that I'm going to have to guard for the next eight months. And this other guy who's 6'5", who could easily be playing – all sports, like I saw Zion before Zion. Okay, like I'm gonna be honest with you. You know what I mean? And all of that makes a major difference for a lot of these young kids. And to your point, Mitch, uh, Coach Mitch, I think the opportunity to go to those practices, we, we got to figure out a way to to do that for even the the top players on our regular schools. You know what I mean? Or and I know they can't necessarily participate, but I think that that will in a sense, humble them in a sec, in a sense, and create a, a different level of hunger as well, I hope. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not an idea of go about that. I'm not even going to front. Uh, Coach Miller had us play Wichita Prep when I was at Bunker Hill, and Wichita Prep beat us, and that was my first reality of playing against, like, an actual D1 player, and I, that butt ride, bus ride home, I said, I ain't ready. I am, I, and I was in shape. I was bouncy. You know what I mean? I, I can get busy. And I told myself that uh, if that if Washington Prep is pumping out D1, I, I said, I'm not ready for this. I told myself, not, I got to hit the gym more. I got to gain weight. I ain't going to get any taller. So that was my eye opener there. And then we played UConn Navy Point, which is like UConn's like JV team. And them boys is out there balling too. So mm-hmm. getting to play versus like an actual like, you could say like a JV D1 school. Those are eye openers too. Those, those are actually put you in your place and make you realize that you got some work and some stepping up to do. Yeah, we played Notre Dame prep and we played against uh, Paul Harris and Lazar Haywood, and I was like, I don't know who these guys are, and I know they're not eighteen or nineteen because <laughs> I was convinced that they they couldn't be. And I'll give you a real experience. I was taking the shuttle at Salem, and the guy at the top of this screen right here. Was running to six a.m. tryouts. He was going. He was running six a.m. to the field for six a.m. workouts because Eric Down and those guys had us running at six six thirty. I saw Drew running from the other side of campus. I'm on the shuttle. He's running from the other side of campus there, and I'm like, okay, this is a different area. And he had already gotten here. You know what I mean? And I think. When you see that cop, that type of dedication and nobody's taping our games or anything like that, that just shows the ultimate love for the game. And my question becomes for a lot of them, do you love the game or do you love what this game offers you? You know what I mean? Because if you're only here for the perks of the bennies, you're going to be in and out in one semester. You know what I mean? You're not you're not going to submit. There's no question about it. I think 
I might sound crazy when I say this, but I think a lot, I'll say about 30% of the, the hoopers up there are in it for what they can get out of the game, not for the love of the game. I think I, get, I was get, the only one who got one of them uh, witching them beatdowns. Oh, no. Nah. You got one of those, too? Yeah, I got one of those, too, at Bunker. Yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. I was, I was on the team with Smooth, Drew, Smooth, Drew, Smooth. Drew, Drew got one of those. We got, we got, we got, we got beat up pretty bad down there. But we hold, we held our own in first, in first half though. Oh, we definitely held that, our own. For, for it started to get ugly for a hot second. Nah, yo, this dude was like seven one. I went to up fake and shoot a three. He was just put, took me and the ball down. Like both of us came down like boom. Seven one, some African kid. I'm never gonna forget that. I, I'm like, I got. <laughs> He blocked the three-point shot. That's my first time I ever got blocked by a three-point. Like, he palmed it and took me. Like, it, it, the ball was still on my fingertips. He just caught it in midair and just brought me and the ball back down. Like, sit down. That, that, that was like, sub me out. I was just like, all right, yeah, I got I got to get busy. I got to hit the gym. I wish I would have known about a step back back then because I definitely would have hit him with it. <laughs> but I think something else you touched on too, Drew, I think we were spoiled – as it pertained to like you talked about the alumni piece, because I think and not just the big up Salem State, but to big up Salem State in the midst of it. I think Salem State was the first time I really realized what a like fraternity or sorority, like a true alumni looked like. Like there was never a time, especially for the basketball program, there was never a time where players from past didn't come back and talk to you. You know, um, the leading scorer of in Salem State, um, John Galera, God rest his soul. He went to every game. He still worked out in the gym. He still used the locker rooms. He still walked around and talked and told the same stories. And even when we had alumni games on our alumni weekends, we had old players come back, you know, Bobby Michaelsick and, and guys that had played before us. And they were heavily involved in terms of creating that level of pride in it. And I think Charlestown does exude that and not to big them up, but to big them up in a, in a low way, right? That's that Charlestown pride stays with them. So if we can translate that into just like our city pride, you know what I mean? Like if we take a group of kids, like, look, you came out of this program, you came out of this, then you 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 have that city pride, you have that school pride, you have that, you know, and we can really direct kids in in the right direction, you know what I mean? Um, and to show them that really what you want are the experiences, you want the memories, you want to be able to go back and tell people, like, yo, I for the last four years, I was broke, but I created brothers, you know, and sisters, you know, because, you know, shout out to Koya Williams. I know Wilkins. I know she didn't make it on here. But like those are people, those are networks that you want to create even beyond your college years. You know what I mean? That you can support as well. I, I know. I know. I know. I know when you when you mentioned Charlestown, I just seen my man G down there. He's twitching. You know what I'm saying? So I can't say Charlestown too much anymore. Now that's that coach smooth is no, on here. No, you know no, what smi saying? no smiles over here. Charleston. No <laughs> smiles over here. <laughs> me, uh, me prep up my Brighton shirt, my Brighton shirt. Make sure we get a clear. clear hey, shout out the Bengals. Bengals in the building. But uh, as but Mitch, I just want to I just want to touch on the subject real quick, real quick. Like, so when you was coaching back at New Mission, right, and you guys is like winning all those those like championships and like the stuff was coming through. How was like the college rec not rec recruitment, but like how was like was colleges really reaching out to you guys since you guys was a city team or 
was you out there like actually grinding too? Like, hey, coach, I got this guy. Hey, I got this guy. Like, how was that? Because I know like once you, like where I'm at, they like come in. It's a combination. Okay. It's a combination of both. Um, like you know, certain moves, like a Charlestown, like a like a um like a Eastie back in the day, like you know, like certain schools, you know, they generate that type of that type of people coming to them, right? But then you also, you know, you have people that set up film. You have people that understand what the clearinghouse and stuff is about. We have people come in, you know, about, you know, what they have as far as requirements. Send them out to coaches. Coaches come in, you know. Um, it's a two-way street with that recruitment, man. You can't just think that people want to come to your game. Like, you got to reach out as well. Like, I, like, we tell people, like, hey, you get a letter, you write, you write it to 30, 30 schools. You send them schools, you send them everything that you can, and you mail them out. And you see how many people come back to you. Now, if you got 10, 10 players mailing out something, you're going to get coaches to come in. Especially if, like, you're winning games. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's tough when you're not winning. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's coming to you if you're not winning, right? Or like if you if you're winning and you got some type of momentum and you're reaching out to coaches and coaches are coming into your gym, it's it's a it's a, a win ball way. But you also got to make sure that you take care of your academic piece because like a lot of the kids are not taking care of that academic piece, man. And like you could send out whatever you want, but like if a coach wants you, you can't you can't um you can't pass you can't. You can't get into the school. Mm-hmm. Then what's the point? You know. So um, so the recruiting is is one thing, but you know, getting in there and doing their work and understanding and having somebody that says, "Hey, you got to take two AP classes. You got to take this. You got to take this because these these art classes are not not going to do in the school, right? So like we have people in our building. We have people like Corey and. And Mount, you know, that will that will that understood that stuff. That will, you know, help the others out. You know, a lot of people didn't go where they wanted to, but you know, a lot of people went where people wanted them. You know what I'm saying? And that, and that always my message is like, don't go where you want to go where they want you. Like if somebody like Drew said, like they came to they came and found him at um for Salem. They they put in that work. They grinded for him. You know, like he knew that like if he went there, that he was going to have an opportunity and he was going to have somebody that he could reach out to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a safety net. Like these high school kids, they need safety nets. You know, like somebody that they know, them, somebody that they know to rock with them, you know, help them out, get them through. And at the end of the day, like I keep talking about this bridge that we got to keep building, man. We got to, we got to build and get in these kids. These, Opportunities to have conversations with these assistant coaches to know exactly what we need to, what they need to do. So when they come and recruit them, they can actually go and take a scholarship or take a partial, take the financial aid, the Pell Grants, or what have you, man. True. Very, very, very true. 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 The second off that, I think that's that that's for me the most, some of the most important information that you can give um, is is. You'd be so surprised how many kids that aspire to have the vision on dreams that have no idea about how the clearinghouse works. 
for for me for me it's 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 one of those things that I was ultimately impressed by with with Brighton um, to know that Hugh and and Kurt um, a lot of the ways in which they connected with the AAU AAU excuse me not AAU but some of the Division One coaches that they ultimately got kids um, to go to schools to. Not only was it about that two-way street that Mitch is talking about in terms of reaching out, um, but it was also about providing the kids early information as they're being recruited to said school like Brighton or whatever school like a new mission. They know walking in there, hey, this is actually what you need to do to accomplish this particular goal. This is what the Pell Grant's about, right? You, 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 get, you get a lot of that information early from quality programs um, and it's funny, like they were dominating around the same time, New Mission and Brighton. Um, and they found themselves getting kids to go to schools. Um, or I would say getting kids that we, we probably wouldn't think initially should go to those schools to go to those schools. Um, so I think some of that is, is just getting a lot of that information and getting it early to these kids. Well. I think that I think that kind of sums up conversation. I think we kind of gave everybody the recipe on what they need to do, and I and I and I just hope that there's more mentors out there listening. There's so many kids out here that need that mentorship, that that's looking for guidance. Like my next guest, I'm gonna have a uh, AD on the show. Like his story needs to be told. Like the Mike McGee stories need to be told. Like those stories need to be told, and they need to, like kids need to start like re like looking up to like guys like that as well to being like, all right, so this is what he did. This is what he's telling me to do. Let me take these correct steps to get to where I need to get to. Like Jeremy said, let's let's ch try to almost change the narrative on what actual success is. Oh, and uh, Coach, one last thing. I I I won't interrupt you. No, I think ahead, another you. thing that we don't, we don't talk about enough is these. as much as they see themselves as this business and this brand, they got to protect their social media. They have to start treating themselves like that business and understand that. Um, I mean, we just saw it from one of our Boston Celtic legends. You know, we just watched Paul Pierce go on live as a retired millionaire and lose endorsements based on that. And I think that imaging and that representation matters as well, that we have to make sure that, you know, sometimes all college coaches get is a snippet. You know, they may see, you know, your highlights and all of that. But what type of person are you? Can they, you know, because these some of these kids are being entrusted with, you know, two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand dollars scholarships and, and even more upwards of that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they have to start to keep that in mind, that the brand that they're putting forth, that their social media is just as important as their play. You know, and I, I think that's something that we we oftentimes forget. So it can't always be, uh, I, I'm not saying you gotta be squeaky clean or perfect or anything like that, but you do have to be mindful that there are coaches that take those things into consideration, you know, when they're looking at you. If a job would do that, you know, if they're searching you and you don't even know they're searching you, understand that these coaches are doing the yeah. same thing. So I tell my players, no social media during the season. If you ain't posting a basketball picture or, or what'd you say, Mitch? I said that's a great point. That's all. Oh, that's yeah. a great point. Social media. Yeah, don't no no social media during the season. If you're not taking a a, a game day picture 
or foot below your helmet or you know what I mean? Posting we we bought the hoop or you know what I mean? Posting you know what I mean? Our 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 game day shots or something like that. We ain't doing no social media. You know, that that, that is a perfect that, that that is a great point. Yeah, you just cut it out. You just cut it out altogether. No, yeah, no, nah, we don't need. I don't. It's, oh, because of COVID this year too. We, we we was high on that too. We don't need no pictures of you with no mask on. Just we don't need no seasons canceled, none of that. But at the same time, we, we I, I I am teaching them that you are your brand. Like your name is your brand. Like if someone says Nike, you know what Nike is. If someone says Adidas, you know what Adidas. So if someone says your name, you want to know. You know, you 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 already you want people to know who you are. You know, you don't want no bad images. You don't want nothing bad, negative like that. So you got to start protecting your brand now and start building your brand as you go through these stages in life. Man, any last words, fellas? Hey, man, we just gotta. Real, real. And thank you for all just coming together at the last minute for this little roundtable. Yeah. Uh, thank you for everybody viewing. Thank you for all the viewers. Appreciate that. But, uh, man, get Buckets Podcast. We out. We out. Thank you, fellas. Yes, sir.